Thanks, everybody. You can be seated this morning. Awesome. So, so good. Wow. I, I'm just so, I'm actually really, really pumped and excited for men's camp next week. I've been praying a lot and believing God for what He's going to do. And uh, I just want to say, wives, you can register your husbands for them if you want to, okay? Make it happen. Like, you know, let them go. It's like actually less than 24 hours. It's like 22 hours. All right, 5.30 Friday night, 2 p.m. Saturday. I mean, it's going to be action-packed, but don't miss out. It's going to be incredible. We're looking forward to what God's going to do. I had the great privilege uh, last uh, Sunday of actually being in our Innisfil location. Went up uh, and preached for uh, Pastor Travis and Grace, our location in Innisfil. And uh, man, the church is doing great. And uh, it was just really good to be with them and uh, see what God is doing. It's been since last September that I'd been able to get up there. But uh, it's just great to be one church in two locations. And to walk in, it's like, this is home. It's Empower Church. They come here. Travis feels the same way when he comes here to preach. And uh, I know he's got a great word for next Sunday as well, which is incredible. So, so good. Well, we're going to uh, launch into, or we've launched last week, but we're going to continue our series on freedom in relationships. Pastor Nick brought a great word, a powerful word last Sunday morning, and, uh, and I'm excited for what God is going to do. How many know we deal with relationships all the time, don't we? In everything that we do. Uh, you know, if you're going to do life and, and, and you know, uh, with people, with, with marriage, with family, with work, with everything, you're going to deal with people. You know, there was a, there was a, a man many years ago, he's passed now um, in North Queensland, and uh, he was kind of a, a guy, he was from Romania, I'm pretty sure it was Romania or Russia, one of the others, and, uh, and, and I know that he had a military background, but he uh, was known in North Queensland as Tarzan. Now, if you're from North Queensland, you'll know who this was. Uh, but uh, Tarzan, would, you would see him out, and he would never, ever wear a shirt, Okay, always had no shirt on in North Queensland, running with a pair of shorts, shoes on, and a sack, like a potato sack over his back, and he would run for kilometers and kilometers and kilometers. Like dude would run like marathons nearly every day. And uh, he lived in the Bellenden Kerr Range, like a mountain range, and, uh, and nobody knew where he lived, okay? And no one knew where he lived. He kind of stuck to himself. There were many who tried. Many who tried to track Tarzan and track where his little home base was, and he was just such a ninja that he would kind of pack it up and, you know, put him off the scent and, you know, deal with his tracks. And, like, he would just never, ever get found. No one ever found where he lived. Okay? And, um, and so to the point that like, he never had to do life with people, never had to be around people or do anything like that. And no, after a while, people stopped seeing him running. They were like, where's Tarzan gone? You know, we don't see him running from like Cairns to Innisfail anymore. And, uh, you know, that's a long run, by the way, hour and a half in the car, okay? And, um, and so, you know, uh, so, but eventually they actually found him in a nursing home in Gympie. Of all the places, I do not know how he made his way down. But he got to Gympie and he ended up passing there in his 90s uh, in a nursing home there. So... There's a massive big write-up in the Cairns Post about it as well. But, I mean, how many know, unless you're Tarzan, you're going to have to deal with people in life, aren't you? 
You're going to have to work with people and, and, and deal with people. And, and that is the, the beauty of building healthy relationships around our lives. Uh, making sure that, you know, our marriages, our families, our friendships, our, 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 our life with others in church, our work colleagues, people that we work with. As we deal with people, we want to do that in a healthy, godly way. How many know that's important today? which is great. But today I'm actually focusing on marriage. I want to preach about marriage today. And uh, I just want you to know, uh, uh, Pastor Kate is actually in our kids' church today. So I can say whatever I want. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm just kidding. It'll be good. I love my wife. She is amazing. I, I was blessed when I married her. Amen. And we all know that. Everyone says amen to that. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, preaching on marriage is, is about, hey, may, many of us are married today. Maybe many of us have been married or some of us have been married a lot of years, decades. Some married for a couple of years. We've got, um, you know, Ryan and Lauren who got married a, a, a couple of weeks ago in the life of the church as well. And, and we've got all varying uh, types of length of time in marriage. Maybe there's those who have been married and are no longer married. Maybe there's those who desire to be married. I want you to know that today, whatever your experience has been about marriage, whether it's been good or bad, I want you to know today, God is a loving God. He loves you. He cares about your life. He cares about your relationships. And He is involved in our relationships. If we let Him, He is very much involved in our relationships. And we want to rely on Him when it comes to our relationships today. So I just want to say, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a marriage counselor. I'm a pastor. Um, so today I am working and I work on my marriage just like everybody else. I work on my marriage and build it and, 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 and invest into it just like everybody else does. But today what I want to do is bring a couple of key things that we can focus on in building long-lasting marriages together that are based on God, based on His love. And I believe that is so, so important today. Uh, it says this in Genesis 2.14, and it says this, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united as one. Or another version, New King James says, The two shall become one flesh. Together. And, uh, and this is the power of what marriage is for us, because I want you to know today is that marriage is not a contract with one to the other, a man and a wife, Marriage is a covenant before God. Who believes that today? It's a covenant. And a covenant together to a lifelong, you know, marriage that's built under Christ, built with the values of the kingdom. And we believe today, especially a Christian marriage, that, that Christ is in the center of the covenant of marriage. And, and so when we look at marriage today, marriage being a covenant and not a contract. I mean, no, that changes the way you view marriage. It changes the way you see it, the way you operate in it, what you do, because a covenant is so much deeper than just a business contract or a partnership. It is a covenant together. And, and when we understand this and our commitment to marriage under God, there is a power to what that does. Do you know in a, a traditional Jewish wedding, uh, it, when, when, when two, a man, woman comes together to be married, they get married underneath this, this thing. And there's a picture of it coming up. It's called a hoopah, okay? This is a hoopah. 
All right, it's, 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 it looks like it's a chupa, but it's actually pronounced hoopa, okay? All right, it's a hoopa, all right? And, uh, and so in a, to this day, traditional Jewish weddings means that the groom will wait under the hoopa with the rabbi, all right, and until the bride enters with the bridal party, and, uh, and she will enter and come in, and before she enters the hoopa, Okay, what she will do while the groom sits inside the hoopah, she will walk and circle the hoopah three times. Three times around the hoopah, and then she will wait at the, you know, at the entrance of it. Then he, he will come down, and she will go in, and then he will circle the hoopah three times. And then once he circles, he will go up, he will take his bride by the hand, she'll come out, and then they'll circle it together a seventh time. All right, and then go into the hoopah to get married. Now, this, this, this is signifying the covenant of what they're entering into. The covenant, which is dated back to Abraham and Sarah, who it, what this signifies, the open areas of the, of the hoopah, is like the open tent of Abraham and Sarah, where anyone, as you come, you will receive hospitality. This is a home that we are building together. It's open. It's full of life and love and, and, and future together. But we're hospitable and, and, and we're going to look out for others. And this is the home that we're going to build together. Okay? And we see this. And it, it, it's, how many know there's something powerful, even though it's traditional, but it's about signifying the covenant, the covenant of what the marriage will be. We're about, we're about to embark upon a journey of building a home together. If God willing, there will be children. There will be more. There will be grandchildren one day. There will be more that will flow on from this together because marriage is a covenant. It's not just a contract. And when we hold to that every day, we know we can invest into that covenant of our marriage every day. Now on that, I believe one of the first keys we need to focus on, and this is important. This is the number one thing we need to get right for the covenant of our marriage every day. Is, and that is to build on the foundation of Christ. Build on the foundation of Christ. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Here we are seeing that the foundation of marriage from spouse to spouse, we look at the husband and we look at the wife and we look at him and the measurement is actually not the husband. It's actually not the wife. The measurement is Jesus. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. How many know that Jesus is a great bridegroom? He's the groom, all right? We, the church, we are the bride of Christ. We're the bride of Christ. So what Ephesians, what Paul is saying here, hey, if we're going to measure how we're doing in our marriage, it's not measured one to the other, but it's measured toward Jesus, measured toward Christ. See, He has to be the foundation of our marriages. That's where the covenant is. How many know what Christ did? Christ loved the church. And what did He do? He gave Himself for the church. Gave up His life. 
sacrificed himself so that we could know his redemption, we could know his deliverance, we could know his freedom, his life, his healing, his wholeness in our lives, his victory. We gain all of that because of what he has done for us as the church. We get access to that. And, we, and that is the, the, the measurement really of Christ and His love for us as His people. And so that when we begin this and we look at this, the foundation of Christ is to first look and say, hey, at the center of this marriage is Jesus. He's at the center. He's not outside. We don't just consult Him when it gets tough. No, no, we, He's there every single day. At the center of this marriage is Christ. And when we look at it from this perspective, sometimes we can drift in and drift out of that in life, can't we? If we've been married for a few decades, in January, I've been married 20 years to Kate. What a joy it's been. But you know, at the end of the day, it comes back to the fact that Jesus needs to be at the center of this thing every single day. It's not just every now and again or when it gets challenging or when it gets tough. Oh man, we need Jesus back into this thing again. No, no, every day. Every day, Jesus is at the center of this marriage in the way that I see you, the way that you see me, the way we give from one to the other. Our measurement is Christ. He is the threefold cord as it speaks in Ecclesiastes that is not easily broken. He's the one that comes in the middle of this marriage and we build upon Christ together. In the way that I see you, the way that I give to you, the way that I know you, you give back to me, there is a power. And how many know when Christ is at the center, that is the strength of our intimacy. That is the strength of our love for one another. That's the strength of the way that we can build trust together and walk this journey together in life and in marriage as we move forward as one. How many know Jesus at the center? The first and most important thing. And today what I want to say is this is that, hey, however long you've been married, hey, maybe today these keys will just help us to go, you know what, I gotta, we got to get back to that. You know, maybe, maybe we're not drifted from it, but hey, let's remind ourselves of this again. Let's come back to this every day. Man, Jesus is at the center of this marriage. And there is a power to this when we do this every day in the way we pray for one another. Can I encourage us today? Pray for your spouse. Husbands, pray for your wife. Wives, pray for your husband. Pray together. There's moments when, when Kate and I, life, we'll just, you know, here and there throughout the week. We won't do it every day, but, but we'll have moments throughout the week. We'll just grab each other's hands and we'll just pray together. We'll just pray over the day. We'll pray over the situation that we need to make decisions on, whatever it may be. It's like, man, we're going we're gonna to pray together. We're going to stand together in this. Why? Because we're in this together. We're a team. We're not, it's not what, you know, you're doing what I want you to do or I'm doing what you want me to do. No, no, let's do this together. And Jesus is at the center of the marriage. Amen. The second key to build upon is build on the foundation of love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7 says this, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And it goes on to say, love never what? Fails. Love never 
fails. Now, this kind of of love, it's the love of God that Paul's speaking of. The love of God. I know when I read this, and, and man, I've done stacks of weddings, and this scripture is usually in the wedding ceremony, okay? It's like it's a kind of given. Most times, it's in there. And, and, and the reason it's in there is because it's kind of a, a measurement of what love needs to be, isn't it? It's like love needs to be all these things. Love is, is about thinking about the other before myself first. That's what love is about. It's the love of Christ. And I, I, I know when I read this, I look at it, I, I feel conviction at times. I'm like, how am I doing with this? How am I, how am I doing this when it comes to, to Kate, my wife? How am I going with all these things? Because human nature is this. Human nature is look to the other and measure them on how they're doing on this stuff. Okay? Oh, man. Man, if, if she could only do A, B, and C, our marriage would be so much better. Got to tell you. Oh, man, I'll read this. Hey, when was the last time you read this? Like, gosh, love does not parade itself. Love does not... Human nature is to look at the other and say, hey, if she could do this. And and, and for the wife sometimes to look at the man and go, oh, man, if that guy... Oh, my gosh, if he could only do this. If he could only do that. Come on, when's the last time you read this? It's human nature, isn't it? To look at the other and measure them to say, how are you going with this? But this scripture isn't written so that we use it as ammunition. The scripture is written so that we can look at our own lives. Look at us. How am I doing in showing this kind of love? How am I doing? And even if you're not married today, it's a great... Uh, I guess, foundational point of our lives, value system in our lives to hold that love and say, how am I doing in showing this kind of love every day to people around me? When it comes to marriage, the power of this is how we look at ourselves and we allow the love of God to do the work in us first. Let it change us first so that we can show this to our spouse. Philip Yancey said this, sociologists have a theory of the looking glass self. You become what the most important person in your life, wife, father, boss, thinks you are. How would my life change if I truly believed the Bible's outstanding words about God's love for me? If I looked in the mirror and saw what God sees. How many know that God's love, it's a, it's a foundational point. It's a point we can measure our lives from, but it's also a point of knowing these script, these points that are read, love suffers long, kind, doesn't envy, doesn't parade itself. This is all the way God loves us. I mean, just think about that for a moment. This is how God loves you. He loves you with this unconditional love. He loves you in this way. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. It's, this is the kind of love that God loves us with. And, it's, and what Philip Yancey is saying, he's saying that, hey, if we could only see the way we are loved every single day, that will imprint on our heart in the way that we show that love to others. See, you cannot allow the love of God to imprint on your life without letting it change you. It changes us. It changes the way we see others. 
It changes the way we see ourselves and our identity and, and who we are and what we're called to do and, and our measurement and our worth and our acceptance in this life. If we could only come back to that place every single day where we just knew, oh man, God loves me with this kind of love. He loves me with this kind of love. I'm not left wanting every single day. I am loved this way. I'm loved this way. And I can show that love to my wife or to my husband. I can show that love to my children. I can, I can yes, truly show that love to someone I work with. I can show that love to a friend. I can show that love to a stranger that I meet. I can actually show the love of God every single day. Why? Because I am loved with this kind of love. He is the source of all love. You know, it's not, it's not a hard thing to fathom on how God can be the source of love. Because God is, the only way He can be the source of love is because He is a triune God. Because He is Father, He is Son, and He is Holy Spirit, and they are one. They are one together. That's why love is given from the Father to the Son, from the Son to the Father, from the Spirit to the Son, from the Spirit to the Father, back to the Spirit again. Love never rests. It's in a constant, perpetual, giving motion all the time. That's how God can perpetuate love, is because He is a triune God. He gives love. That's why glory never rests. There's no pride in God. Glory never rests. Why? Because the, the Father says, look at my Son in whom I love and I am well pleased. And the Son looks back to the Father and says, oh no, don't look at me. I Look at my Father. I do what my Father tells me to do. I'm here to represent what He wants. I'm here to live out His will and what He wants me to do. The, the Son gives glory to the Father, the Father to the Son. The Spirit glorifies the Son, doesn't He? Reveals, John 14, John 16, reveals Christ to us. It's not about the self, it's about the other. So glory never rests. That's why God is drawn to humility and he's, he's resists pride, but He's drawn to humility because it reflects who He is. So Father to Son, it's a perpetual motion of love, of glory. This is how God is the source of love. This is how God is the source of good. He's the beginning point. And we can see this love impact our lives in the way that we are loved, but also in the way that we give that love to our spouse, to our family, to those around us. It's a love that can be given. I mean, God's love is, is overflowing. It's not like, it's not like you, have, you kind of have, have two kids, all right? You have two kids, all right? And then you add a third one. How many know that it's like, oh man, I'm out of love. I've got no more love to give. I used it up on these two here. How could, I, how could I possibly love this third one that's come? And then they pop out like I had two sons and then I had a little girl and I was smitten instantly with my little girl. I got more than enough love for you. I still remember holding her in my arms and her looking up at me with her beautiful blue eyes. And I'm like, I love you. You're amazing. I can't stop looking at you. 
I already had two. And I added a little girl, and I'm like, oh, there's, there's heaps of love. I got more than enough love to give. And even if you got four, hey, it happens all over again. You got five. It happens all over. Why? Because we got more than enough love because God is a source of love. And He perpetuates that love and we can continue to give it. This is the power of building on the foundation of love in our lives. And I just want to say this today, that yes, sometimes love can drift in a marriage. You can have moments where you've got to be intentional in coming back to that love relationship. And I'm speaking to those who've been married for long periods of time. You know this. You could probably tell me your testimonies of where you've had to work on this in your own marriage together and your own lives together. But how many know if love drifts, it doesn't mean it's over. You just have to come back to the source of love again. You know, Billy Graham was interviewed um, uh, I think it was Johnny Carson interviewed him many years ago. I think it was in the 70s or the 80s. And they said, he's getting interviewed and someone from the crowd, and he was talking about how, you know, I love my wife and I care about my wife. And someone from the crowd gets up indignant, angry, all right, and yells out at, at, John, at, at Billy Graham and says, Billy, what if you went through all the stuff that I've gone through and one day you wake up and you just don't love him anymore. What do you do? And Billy Graham paused for a moment. You could see he's, he's, the cogs are ticking. All right, he's, he's talking to the Holy Ghost. And this is national TV. And he looks back at this man and he says, you know what I'd do? I'd get down on my knees and I would not get up until that love came back. He took responsibility. And a lot of times for all of us, if love drifts, it doesn't mean it's over. We've got to just come back to the source again. Come back to the source of love. Come back to who He is and let Him change our heart. And now I know there are all sorts of circumstances and situations where maybe you have been prepared to change and the other hasn't. And, and I know that sometimes it has ended in divorce and sometimes it's ended in those situations. I want to tell you, God's not done with your life yet. He's still there. There's still forgiveness and there's still love and there's still hope and there's still future in Christ. Hey, that isn't an ending point. It's just saying, okay, that changed, but I'm going to forgive and I'm going to keep moving forward. And God has the best future for your life. You just need to know that it's God's love that we consistently come back to every day, no matter what the situation has been. It is a foundational point. And we can be intentional in that. Now, I know when kids come along in married life, I know that creates a lot of pressure and a lot of stresses and lots that go on because suddenly there's a lot less time for each other in the marriage and there's so much more time that has to be given to children. And I want to tell you, that's when we need to be intentional. We've got to be intentional in the time that we have together. You know, how can we block out this date night? How can we take this moment so we can be intentional with this? And yes, it may cost a little bit sometimes, and sometimes it may not cost anything at all. You can make the time count wherever you are, every single day. How are we connecting every day to make sure that we're not just running around doing our jobs, running the business, doing, making sure the kids are okay, but there's that time in the day that's for one another, that's there. 
And it's so important to be intentional on that every day. I know even if you don't have kids, there are stresses in life. Maybe one's working 90 hours a week at the moment, or maybe somewhere there could be financial stresses, and there's all sorts of stuff that's going on, uh, even without having kids in your, in your marriage. And you, you feel like your ship's in the night, and you haven't connected as much as you need to. Hey, it's about looking at it and saying, hey, maybe these last couple of weeks have been full on, but let's take this day. Let's take this moment. Let's, let's invest into this so that there's a connection point where we know that we can come and connect and be intentional about our marriage. See, love helps us make the changes, doesn't it? Love helps us intentionally look at it and go, hey, we're not going to allow this love to drift. We're going to be intentional about bringing it back no matter what's going on. Hey, oftentimes... When the stresses are on and the pressures are on, the financial stress is there or whatever it may be, oftentimes the person we love the most in the world or the people we love the most, they bear the brunt of that stress, don't they? They see it more than anybody else. And that's why I really believe it's so, so important to be intentional about renewing our love relationship and not allowing external circumstances to change the way we feel internally. Allow the love of God to let us see that other person through his eyes and not our own. Who believes this today? It's important. There can be intentionality on the way we love one to another. Philippians 2, 3 to 4 says, and I love this scripture, straight up. This is Paul. But he says this, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take the interest in others too. See, I really believe that this is the way that Christ loves us. As the great bridegroom to the church, this is how He loves us. He loves us by seeing us and elevating us and lifting us up. And what, what I believe this Scripture tells us for marriages is this, is that, hey, if I, if I look at you as my spouse, my wife or husband, if I look at you and I lift you up and I can elevate you and value you above my own interests, above myself, I know that that's going to be reciprocal. I know that's going to come back and we're going to lift each other up. And based on the love of God, this is how we're going to value one another. This is how we're going to honor one another. See, value and honor is placing the other before myself. That's what value and honor does. It's about lifting the other higher and saying, hey, I'm going to lift you up as my spouse, as my, as my bride. Hey, no matter how long you've been married, husbands today, you still got a bride. You don't just have a wife, you've got a bride. Oh, I value you. I love you. Wives, you don't just have a husband, you've got a groom. You've got, hey, remember the first day. Remember that day. Come back to it daily. Come back to it in our lives, no matter how long it's been. Why? Because I just want to lift you up. I want to pursue you because I love you. I think about Jacob in the Bible. I'm not going to spend too long on this. But in Genesis, how many know Jacob worked for seven years to marry Rachel? How many know? You know the story? He loved Rachel. He pursued Rachel and Laban, his father-in-law, did the shifty and the dirty on him, all right? And on the wedding night, gave, gave Jacob the older sister, Leah. Now, Leah was lovely, she was, but he wasn't the one that he had gone all the, the distance of seven years for. And so he married Leah, 
But how many know that I look at the story and I was like, man, he had to work another seven years to marry Rachel, 14 years. But that's not really what the Bible teaches us. He actually agreed to another seven years and got to marry her straight away. And I love what this says to us. Look at this right now. He worked for another seven years because of the pursuit for his wife. Just think about that. It was after they were married, he still pursued. That's a great thought, isn't it? See, for all of us today, our husbands, our wives, we we look at each other, there is a pursuit of love for one another. And no matter where the situation is, no matter how stressful or challenging it has been, if we allow our heart to firstly come back to the way Jesus loves us as the great bridegroom, the way He sees us and has loved us and given Himself for us, we can say, Lord, help me to be able to love my spouse the way You love me. Help me to do this. Lord, if there's things that are gonna change, if there's things that are gonna shift, there's things that are going to move in my own life. God, help me to do this. I don't want to have arrived and say, I'm never going to change again. This is me. Take it or leave it. You know what I mean? No, no. Hey, let's, let's be prepared to do what we need to do as we continue to grow old together, as we continue to go on this journey together. You know, that same love and the way we're called to love husband, wife. Hey, we can love others. We can love friends. We can love people in our world. We can love our children. And if love ever drifts in our lives, we first come back to the source of love. That's God. Come back to His perpetual, unconditional love. And first of all, as I said earlier, you've got to remind yourself that I am loved. I am loved. I'm not not discarded. I'm not rejected. I'm accepted. I'm loved. I'm loved. And from that place of love, we can allow that to change us, to see everyone else. And today, as we're talking about marriage, to see our spouse through those same eyes. You are loved. I love you. I believe that you are becoming everything Christ called you to be. You're changing. You're not perfect. But I know you can change. I know you're growing. I know I'm growing. I know I'm changing. Why? Because this marriage is built on Christ. And it's built on His love. Amen. Awesome. Can I ask if every eye can be closed across the auditorium today? Even if you're online today, stay with us in this moment. I want to ask if there's anyone here today that does not know Jesus. Maybe you've not prayed a prayer to accept Jesus into your life today. We want to give you an opportunity where you can today. Jesus loves you. As I I shared this morning, He loves you. He's given everything for us. He went to the cross. He laid down His life. He rose from the dead three days later. He did it all. He suffered. He took it all for us, all because of His love for us. And the goal was us. That was the goal, was so that He could gain us back into relationship with God again. And the way to know God, the way to have a relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. It's accepting Him as our Savior and as our Lord. And this power is the fact that we get to do life from that point on with God, with Jesus. Because life is so much better when it's done with God than without Him. It's better. 
It's the life that we were meant to live. It's what we were created for. It's what we were made for, designed for, is for what Christ has done for us and the relationship we can have with God. And today, if you're here, and maybe you've not said this prayer to accept Jesus into your life, I want you to lift your hand this morning. That's you today. Just raise up your hand and say, I need Jesus. I want to pray this simple prayer with you, Paul. I want to say yes to Jesus today. If that's you, just raise your hand up high and say yes to Him today. Maybe you want to make a recommitment to Christ today, a rededication to Jesus, because you know you've pulled back from God and and you know you want to commit your heart back to Christ again. If that's you today, just lift your hand. Say, I need this Jesus. I need Him. I want to say yes to Him. I want to pray this prayer with you. If that's you today. Awesome. So good. We're going to pray this prayer together today. And I'd love if you can repeat these words after me as we pray. We'll pray it together. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin and my past. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for raising from the dead for me. I accept you today as my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. I am born again into your kingdom. Amen. Awesome. Hey, can we put our hands together and honor anyone who said that for the first time today? Anyone online who said that today for the first time? You know, it was, it's the best decision that anyone could ever make is to start the journey with Jesus. Amen. And a few moments from now, Pastor Nick is going to come up and just give us some next steps of anyone who said yes to Jesus today, and uh, he'll be up soon. But I'd love if we can just stand to our feet now, and we're just going to sing through this song authority again. And then I'd love to pray for marriages today. So let's sing through. Thanks, Kate.